0: There are many opportunities for you to uh, be a part of this. Uh, it's a video that we'll be playing each evening at, in the home groups as well as here on Wednesday nights. And then uh, we'll break up into small groups for a discussion of 30 to 45 minutes. And uh, it, will, it will change your life. If we can do that to this young man, what can it do to your life? Amen? Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Be a part of it. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2, we're going to get to that in just a moment. Um, Someone sent me this email, and uh, it's entitled, Only in Texas. A Texas beer joint sues a church. In Mount Vernon, Texas, Drummond's Bar began construction on expansion of their building to increase their business. In response, the local Baptist church started a campaign to block the bar from expanding with petitions and prayers. Work progressed right up until the week before the grand opening when lightning struck the bar and burned it to the ground. After the bar burning to the ground by lightning strike, the church folks were rather smug in their outlook, bragging about the power of prayer, till the bar owner sued the church on the grounds that the church was ultimately responsible for the demise of his building, either through direct or indirect actions or means. In its reply to the court, the church vehemently denied all responsibility or any connection to the building's demise. The judge read through the plaintiff's complaint, and the defendant's reply, and at the opening hearing he commented, I don't know how I'm going to decide this, but it appears from the paperwork we have a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer and a church congregation that does not. <laughs> it either works or it don't, amen? Amen. I'm going to share with you this morning a message that I have entitled, Grace, it's not just what's before dinner. Grace, it's not just what's before dinner. The Lord has, as he uh, as he shared with me what he wanted me to share in this past summer on faith, hope and love, the three things that last, the eternal things uh, of, the, of those three qualities. As Pastor Darrell asked me to share this weekend, um, and I went to the Lord, and it seems like he immediately said, I want you to focus on grace, because that is what it's all about. Grace is the very foundation of our Christian life, it is the very thing that keeps us alive. It's the thing that keeps sinners alive. God's grace. It's just an amazing thought, and I want to share that with you in, uh, in just a moment. But I just have another quick story about, a little bit about grace and mercy. In uh, Reader's Digest, Jim Williams of Butte, Montana writes, I, I was driving too fast late one night when I saw the flashing lights of a police car in my rearview mirror. As I pulled over and rolled down the window of my station wagon, I tried to dream up an excuse for my haste. When the patrolman reached the car, he said nothing. Instead, he merely shined his flashlight Uh, in my face, then on my uh, seven-month-pregnant wife, then on our snoozing 18-month-old in his car seat, then on our other three children who were also asleep, and lastly on the two dogs in the very back of the car. Goodness sakes. Returning the beam of light to my face, he then uttered the only words of the entire encounter. Son, he said, you can't afford a ticket. (laughs) Slow down. And with that, he returned to his car and drove away. See, grace comes in a variety of of forms. And uh, there have been a few times in my past, even in my recent past, when I've met some friendly police officers for various reasons. Um, But uh, in my younger days, I had uh, visions of becoming a race car driver. And I would practice in the wrong places. And I, yeah, I just, I just met too many police officers, and I, I mean, I could, I've almost got the traffic school memorized, and uh, it's just ridiculous. But so you pray for me that, um, that I slow down. Now my wife is praying that I slow down. Um, Pastor Merrill, let's t- no, let's not go there. Um, we won't talk. I'll be gracious. I'll be gracious. But grace, what is it? What is grace? It's defined as unmerited favor. Grace is receiving something that you don't deserve. It's not, getting, it's not receiving what you do deserve. Grace is something that God, God came up with. It wasn't a committee. This wasn't a decision made by religious leaders. This was pure God. Grace is pure God at work in our lives. Now let's take a look at uh, 2 at Timothy very quickly and see what that says. I was very excited when I found this passage of Scripture because it, uh, it really goes right along with uh, what Pastor Darrell has been sharing uh, in regarding this whole series of Be Strong. 2 Timothy 2 verse 1 says, You then, my son, Paul t- speaking with Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now I want you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians is one of the greatest letters on grace in the Bible. Paul's writings here are absolutely amazing if you want to do a study on grace. Beginning in chapter 2, and uh, I'm going to read that in just a moment, but I want to ask you two questions first. The first question is, who needs grace? What kind of people need grace? All right, my answer at that was just... Who needs grace? Everybody. That's true. Why? Why do we all need grace? Because we're all what? (laughs) We're mess-ups. We have all failed. We've all messed up. As I'm looking across this congregation, I'm thinking, you know, everybody needs grace except maybe Sister Mead. I mean, you know, she's just like an angel here on the planet, you know. But I'm sure she's had moments as well, as we all have. Romans 3.23 says, For all, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now that word sin is a very interesting word. Jesus, in his speaking to his disciples in the book of John, he's, he tells them this. He says, I'm going to be leaving, but the Holy Spirit is coming. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin, because they don't believe in me. Bottom line, sin, it's unbelief. What is going on right now outside these walls, and outside the walls of all Bible-believing churches around the world, is that there are people driving up and down Rand Road right now that do not believe that God is an important part of their life. Well, they may believe in a God. They they may believe in something greater or higher than themselves. But they don't believe that they need to have a relationship with that God. They don't don't believe that Jesus actually died for their sins. They don't believe that they need to make a a confession of, of that faith. They don't believe that it's important that they confess their sins, they don't believe any of that, they don't, may not even believe in heaven, they don't, probably don't believe in hell. They are unbelievers. And because of their unbelief, they do things that unbelievers do. They're selfish. They're not, they're not caring about you know, other stuff that's going on in the world and so on. They're concerned about politics. They're concerned about money. They're concerned about a million things. But they don't, they've never come face to face with this idea that Jesus Christ is the only way for you to reconcile with a holy God that created you, that allows you to breathe his air, that allows you to drink his water, that allows you to walk on his planet, that allows you to enjoy his sunlight, that allows you to enjoy life. You have to have a relationship with Christ, or you will face separation from God for all of eternity. That's sin. And that's what Greg Laurie has, was sharing on, on, when was that, Friday night? And a thou, nearly a thousand people came to the realization, you're right. I need to know this Jesus. I don't want to be an unbeliever. I want to be a believer. I, want to, I, want to, I don't want the sin thing in my life. And it's the grace of God that allows that to happen. Now, the people that need grace are guilty people. Who can give grace? Who is it that can actually dispense grace? Who can give it out? Jesus, ultimately, but really, it's only a righteous person. Only someone who is purely righteous can offer grace. A person who has been violated, a person who has been hurt, a person who has been damaged somehow. For them to forgive another person that's grace why can they do that it's not natural that's supernatural in order to forgive someone who has hurt you deeply you have to supernaturally forgive them you can't do it in the natural the natural says you know you just want lightning to hit them and they're gone and ever have you ever thought that about lord if you just you know lightning they're gone it would just make my life so much easier so much simpler and God's response would be but I'm not about making your life simple I'm about seeking and saving the lost and trust me they're lost keep praying for them it's those that the one that can give the grace is the one who is purely righteous Ephesians 2 and in this passage there are five things I want to share with you about the word grace G R A C E if you just want to write that down the left side that would be fine And you can follow along that way. But Let's take a look at this. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath that's a scary place to live but because of his great love for us God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions it is by grace you have been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms within in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages it's a gift. Grace is a gift. You cannot earn it. You cannot buy it. You cannot beg for it. You receive it. You just receive it. And, uh, you know, my, uh, my granddaughters, God bless their little hearts, my grandson hasn't figured this out yet. still a little young. But my granddaughters have figured out that, that grandpa, or opa, is a gift giver, and he just needs a little bit of encouragement, and instantly the gifts start flowing. And uh, it's very—it's interesting because I have some of the neediest grandchildren in the world. Opa, I need this. Trinity, bless her little heart. Opa, I need a Buzz Lightyear. Why? Because, Opa, I need it. I need it. Now, see, Erica has trained Trinity where she'll say, no, Trinity, you don't need it. Okay, then I want it. I I just give it to me. Get it to me. And so rather than facing the wrath of a four-year-old, I just go get her a Buzz Lightyear and it makes it simple. You know, it's just simple. But in that case, it's not really a gift because i 'm not the one that showed up with it now i was I was at a Chamber of Commerce golf thing this week, and I won some things and uh, so I shared a, yeah one of the things I won was a pink hat with a Ford Mustang symbol on the front of it, and I thought, you know what chances of me wearing this are very slim so uh, so I, I went over to Erica's home, and, and Trinity came out and said, Trinity, I've got some gifts for you. Now, in this case, it was a real gift because I, I gave it to her. Of course, it was something I didn't want, but I gave it to her. Okay, But it was a gift. I want you to understand, God says that his grace is a gift. He has created a system with this amazing, powerful force, and it, the force is called grace. And it will come into your life, and it will transform you. It's the world's biggest do-over. It's a huge mulligan, if you're a golfer. This is an amazing opportunity to do it again, only this time under God's blessing. There is no greater gift on the planet than for me to tell you, Dave, life has been horrible you have not done some good things but i'm giving you another opportunity you get a do-over and that's grace and that's a gift that is an amazing gift to get to do it over and the grace of god is not a one-time thing it's a gift that keeps on giving how many of you since you were saved have slipped and fallen I'm not talking physically, I'm talking spiritually. You have messed up. Now, what was your response to that? It's over. I'm done. I'm dead. I'm now going to hell. It's all over. I'm finished. No! No, the Bible says that if we confess our sin, if we confess our where we have failed, it's God's grace. God will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is an amazing gift. It just continues to go and grow and grow because it reaches every single human. There, is never, there will never be a time when someone will bow their knee and say, Father, I have sinned. Forgive me. I want to be a, a trophy of your grace. And God will say... Sorry, it's all used up. I'm sorry. It's I'm I'm out. It won't happen. The grace of God is that expansive. David Crowder has an amazing song. He talks about the ocean of grace and that you begin to sink into it. You just I just love that picture. That I'm just this gift of God, it's like it just overwhelms. It's overwhelming. The second second letter is R, grace. Grace is radical. It's a radical concept. Look at verse 7. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. You can't compare grace to anything. It's a radical concept. That while I was dead in my transgressions, while I was still a sinner, God's grace was there and available for me to just receive it. See, Jesus did not come to earth because a committee of religious leaders got together. From the, from, uh, they had a worldwide summit, and they all sat down together and said, You know what? This world is a terrible place. We need a Savior. We really need to get a message to God and see if he could send us a Savior. Is that how it happened? If you said yes, you need to buy a new Bible immediately. Okay? No, it was a matter of God simply saying, from the foundations of the earth, these people will fail. I need to create a plan. And that plan will be my son. In the fullness of time, when it's time... I will send him to earth and he is going to begin to express to them what this grace thing is all about. He will touch the lives of unknown people and heal them. He will transform them. He will set them free from demons. He will empower them. He will encourage them. He will perform miraculous signs. He will still the waters. He will will feed thousands he will give people an idea of what grace is all about and then he's going to die for them and on the cross during his death he will actually look at his executors executioners rather and say to them father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing that's grace that's grace it's radical it doesn't make any sense you see when you have been hurt by someone and you begin to offer and you offer them forgiveness and you help them to be, be rectified and justified in your eyes just as if it never happened that is supernatural that is not normal and it's so hard to do that's why you say heavenly father i need you to forgive that person through me cuz i can't do it I, there's no way how many of you have been hurt by someone? Ever happened? How hard was that to forgive them? Almost impossible, wasn't it? But there's there an amazing thing that happens when grace is released through us and touches someone's life. How many of you have, how many of you have needed to be forgiven by someone? Have you ever received that forgiveness? Have you, have you, what, what happens when we receive forgiveness? There's a weight. I've shared this story before, but I, I had a horrible experience. I let the enemy just mess with my mind. He planted a seed of bitterness. And I got very bitter towards a pastor in Indiana. And, and this went on for several months. And then finally God's grace kicked in. And I went to him, and weeping, I asked him to forgive me for a bad attitude and a a spirit of bitterness against him. And when he said, of course I forgive you, and we were able to, we, we hugged and prayed together, 10 million pounds lifted from my shoulders. And I made a vow to God from that moment on, never, never, never again will I allow the enemy to do that to me. But grace, it will radically free you of pain and suffering. It just does that. And if you can get your spirit free, if your spirit becomes free, if your spirit is released by the power of grace, your body starts to feel better. Amen? Have you noticed that? Isn't that amazing? It's absolutely amazing. You get up in the morning and go, oh man, I really don't want to go to work. So you turn on some praise music. By the time you go out the door... You're ready to work a 15-hour day. You're You're so excited and so blessed. And you're saying, Pastor Fred, are you on some kind of medication or something? Are you nuts? I have never felt that. Well, try it. See what happens. Just start praising the Lord and see what happens. Let God's grace be strong in the grace of Christ Jesus. Check it out. The letter A, verse 10. The letter A is active. The grace of God is active. Verse number 10. For we are God's workmanship created in Jesus, Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Let me tell you a little bit more about this story with, that Pastor Merrill shared about this mechanic friend of mine. I took the van in and uh, you know, I, I got there and I said, his name is Jeff. I, Jeff, uh, the front wheels, the front tires are going. That was a technical term for that. So he said, yeah, I'll check it out, no problem. I said, all right, great. So, so about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I call him up and I said, uh, so did you figure out what was going on? He said, yeah, yeah, the tires were all bad. The back tires were like almost bald. The front tires were not good. They were worn out, kind of funny. And I said, oh, okay, well, what's that going to cost? And he goes, millions. I go, well, that's good, thanks. He said, yeah, I'm just going to take it out for a test drive, and then uh, I'll, uh, I'll call you back. About a half hour or so later, he calls me back and says, all right, you're ready to go, you're good to go. All right, I'll be there in a few minutes. So I get there, and uh, he's, he has the key and no paperwork. So he hands me the key, and I go, well, what do I owe you? He says, nothing, nothing. Four brand-new truck tires, nothing. And then just before I leave, he goes, oh, yeah, by the way, I changed the oil and put new wiper blades on it, too. So, uh, yeah, if you have any car problems, just let me know. I can take care. No. <laughs> the grace of God. God realized, you know what? The church doesn't need another bill for 12, 1500 bucks for some silly tires. So I'll just take care of it. I will just encourage Pastor Merrill, and it was very fun to call Pastor Merrill. Hey, Pastor Merrill, you know what it costs us to get those tires on? Uh, no. Nada. Zippo. Nothing. Free. Hallelujah. Grace is active. It makes things happen. Grace makes things happen. It will cause you to begin to do things you've never done before. You'll hug people you've never hugged before. You will call people that you should have called years ago, and you will call them and begin to and pray for, with them over the phone. You will begin to pour your heart out uh, at an altar of prayer and begin to worship God like you have never worshipped Him before. Grace will cause you to bow your head in a, in a public place and allow God to use you to pray over a, over a meal or a situation, whatever it might be. Grace will help you at your job situation. Grace will allow you to do things for people that you just as soon... Never mind. Grace is powerful. It's active. Because, you see, it's, it's because of grace that, in, that Paul says here that you were created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The people that have been trained and and so on to go to the Greg Laurie harvest, it's grace that allows you to walk down onto that floor and to take someone by the hand you have no idea who they are and lead them to Christ. That's grace. Grace does that. Grace allows you to slow down in traffic and allow someone to cut in front of you. Grace causes you to give more than you have. Grace will allow you to go farther than you think you can go. Grace will help you touch the lives of people that you just as soon ignore. That's what grace does. Grace is an amazing, amazing gift from God. The sea, grace covers things. Grace has the power to cover things. Verse 3 and 4. All of us also lived among them at a time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath, But, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions and sin. Grace covers. Grace has the ability to bury things that just aren't important. The devil has the ability to bring up issues from our past and attack us with those and cause us to forget that God's grace has covered that. All of us have failed, all of us have said things we shouldn't have said, we've done things we shouldn't have done, but the grace of God covers all of that. It's the grace of God that causes our sins to be thrown as to sent as far as the east is from the west. It's the grace of God that causes our sins to be cast into the sea of forgetfulness. Grace has no memory. I just realized that. Grace has no memory. It doesn't remember things. Otherwise, we are all in serious trouble. We're gonna, we'll get to heaven and we'll stand there, and God, instead of saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant, come on in. He's going to say, well, hang on One second. Let me just pop in a video of your life and kind of see how things went. Oh, Lord, could we do that in a private room somewhere? Does that really have to be on the full screen here in heaven? Well, yeah, is there a problem with that? Well, Lord, I prayed and I thought all that was, like, forgiven, you know, under the blood, gone, you know. Well, yeah, I kind of changed my mind. Your life was pretty exciting, so I thought we'd, you know have a few laughs, me and the angels, so. That's not the God I serve. Amen? There is no video of your life. It's all about today and tomorrow. That is so awesome that my past is gone. My past is gone. You know, I think there's a reason why God designed us the way he did physically I don't, I have, my head does not spin around so I can kind of see what's going on behind me. You know, I, I have no idea what's going on behind me right now. <laughs> I have to make it, I have to, you know, turn completely around. Have you ever tried, I, you know, I, let me just challenge you. Some of you young kids, you're going to try to do this. Go through an entire day walking Backwards. Everywhere you go, just walk backwards. Now, Matthew, I know you're going to try this. I just, I, just, I just know it. Now, this is dangerous. You know, it's just and it's dumb, and it's a whole list of other things. But we're not designed that way. Why is that? Because there's nothing behind me that's important. It's what's in front of me. God says, forget the former things. Forget that stuff. My grace will carry you this way. When Paul prayed, God said, My grace is sufficient. It will take you where I want you to go. It will not worry about where you've been. That's an important truth. If we understand that, now every day is a a new day of excitement. God, what's going to happen today? Where will you take me? What is it that we're going to do together? And you see, God will show you the right way Because his reputation is at stake. God gets no glory or pleasure out of our failures. You know? There was never, never a time when my son was growing up, when Eric was, was playing, he'd play baseball and basketball and so on. You know, I never celebrated his strikeouts. Way to go, Eric. Struck out five times today. Way to go. That's great. No. Hits, home runs, three point shots, his successes. You think God is any different than I am? Trust me, God is a lot different than I am. But anyway, <laughs> that didn't come out exactly right. God is more excited about your successes. And God wants to bless you. Why? Because his grace is so overwhelming. And then finally the letter E. Grace is eternal. Grace is never ending. Grace lasts forever. The grace of God. Someday God, by his grace, is going to usher us into his house. We're going to get to go into his house. And I have a feeling that God is a very gracious host. He's preparing rooms for us. He's preparing brand new clothes for us. He's preparing an amazing meal for us. He's preparing things for us to do. And I love what Paul says in Corinthians. He he says that we now are trophies of God's grace. I just wonder, I have no idea, there's no biblical basis for this, but again, it's just my mind being weird. I wonder if God has sections of heaven where there are trophies with our names on them. Trophies of his grace. You know, Thelma's trophy, that Illinois section. The Illinois room has trophies, Pastor Merrill, Jerry, Karen, Debbie, Jennifer, Dave, Jenny, Zach, his trophy's a little small, but it'll get bigger. Trophies of grace. God just Every once in a while, walks in and goes, I love this room. I have some trophies in my office. They're golf trophies. They're miracle, signs of miracles, basically. Um, But they remind me of successes, of victories, things that were great, things that were awesome. And heaven is going to be a celebration of victory. And the reason you're going to get there is because of God's grace the grace of God, be strong in the grace of Christ Jesus. It's a gift. It's radical. It's active. It covers a multitude of stuff, and it's eternal grace. What a great concept. What a blessing it is to know that. I'm going to ask Leanne is... The end. Still there. We're going to sing an old, old song, "Amazing Grace," and I want you to think about something as we close. The man that wrote "Amazing Grace" was a slave trader. Lived a horrendous life until the grace of God just washed over him and set him free. This morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity to just come to the altar for just a moment. And then we're going to close in prayer. But here's what I want you to do. Grace is like a waterfall. It's a place where the hurting and the thirsty and the dirty and the grimy and the sweaty can come. and they stand under this waterfall of the purest, most refreshing water you've ever seen. And it begins to wash over you. And it begins to cleanse away all the stuff. It just washes it all away. Addictions, hurts, failures, issues. I am so convinced that this morning, if you are struggling with something, that if you will come, I believe God's anointing is in this house, that if you'll come and simply stand with your hands lifted up and let God wash over your spirit like a waterfall. As we sing this chorus, just for a few moments, just stand in the grace of God and enjoy what the Lord wants to do for you, in you, and then through you in the days ahead. Let's all stand together, shall we, as we sing. And then, again, if you'd like to come, God bless you. That'd be awesome. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Let's a wretch Bye. Ma- Ma- Father I just believe that you are washing all of us this morning in a waterfall of grace refreshing healing cleansing Father I just Father for whatever reason I just feel the anointing right now to, to speak to Eileen's kidneys and I pray God your grace would touch those Father bring life to them Bring healing to them. Let your name be glorified through her being, O God. And I pray, Father, that the kidney transplant will become unnecessary because you, God, will have already taken care of it. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're touching her even right now. I thank you, Father, that you're with Dawn McClure in in the hospital right now as her knee is being ministered to. Father, I thank you, God, that you are working miracles because of your grace across this place father i believe that god there are people that are struggling with addictions of whatever sort that are going to be washed clean by the grace of god today wash those addictions away god just wash it right out of their system so father they'll never ever deal with that issue again because of your grace father i just want to i thank you I thank you for the just the power of your presence today. And I thank you, Lord, that you, that you, O oh God, are a God of grace. Thank you. Thank you for this amazing gift. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Be strong. In the grace of Christ Jesus, be strong in the grace of Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we do respond to your word now. Father, there may be someone, or more than someone in this audience this morning, that needs to reach a hand up, maybe both hands, and say, Father, wash me with your grace. My life has been a turmoil, my mind has been unsettled, and I want the peace of God that will pass all understanding. But I will not receive that peace without responding to your grace, the grace that came through Jesus Christ, your Son. So, Father, we pray and we thank you and we believe that, Father, whether it's in this moment or in on the way in their car or when they arrive at home or tonight in the night hours as they, as they try to sleep, that, Father, they would just reach out to the grace of God And let the peace come over them like a blanket and allow them rest like they've never known. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here today. And uh, love someone. Greet one another. Have a great afternoon. And uh, God bless you all. And wherever you eat, don't forget to say grace. Amen. God bless you.